Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Thank you for listening to the Station of the Cross, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Heard around the world on your Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved Emily. So good to be with you. Forgive me the last two days we had to run uh, an encore program. I couldn't make it. I'm so uh, happy when I can. Most of the time I can. Things are going well here in Beloit, um, Kansas. We're still looking for a new home. Uh, we might be in it. We're not sure yet, but um, we're still looking. I, I'm grateful for your prayers. I, I don't doubt that your prayers <clears throat> guide us to Beloit, Kansas. We're, we're happy, happy, happy campers. We love the people here. We're overwhelmed by their goodness, their welcome, their generosity. Uh, it just never stops. It just never stops. So we're we're really, really thrilled, thrilled. And <clears throat> I wasn't with you with you live yesterday for the Epiphany of our Lord, <clears throat> but. Excuse me, I'm not sick. I'm just coughing for some reason. It might be chronic. Don't worry about it. I'm not sick. Uh, <clears throat> but I have a passage to read today. And you know, I haven't even gotten to the news today to see where things are politically. Um, I, uh, When we went to sleep last night, it, it looked like Biden would be president and Trump would not accept it. <clears throat> so I don't know. Um, but I haven't gotten to the news, and perhaps you all have. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, what it is. The first century Christians, beloved, were um, scattered because of persecution. And the Apostle Paul was prisoner. <clears throat> he was in chains for the faith from Jews who didn't believe. And so... <coughs> We're going to be possibly prisoners in the faith from Catholics who don't believe, even from some of our own shepherds. It's just um, a very uh, crazy, I'll just say, situation. But the Apostle Paul wrote while he was in chains. In fact, um, he was chained to a guard, um, poor guard, because he preached the gospel nonstop to that guard. <clears throat> and he wrote the epistle. He wrote from prison. He wrote Ephesians and Colossians. Um, and two others, and he writes this, and I think this, especially in our present political circumstance, in the awful uh, apostasy within the church, and the um, threat of uh, tremendous riots and destruction in the world, <clears throat> I think Paul wrote a perfect letter uh, for us today. It's actually the letter to the Ephesians, which was to the group of Christians uh, in the church that he founded in Ephesus. And uh, the same church, one church, just 
in springing up in different parts all over the Mediterranean. And he says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are also faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is completely at peace. He knows whom he has believed. He knows his Savior. He knows the gospel. He knows that the God who began this good work in him, this utter miraculous transformation, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He knows that. And so he writes to the Christians under persecution, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. <clears throat> in the midst of this evil, and the evil that uh, the, the Jews of the first century were experiencing, we should be holy and blameless before him. He destined us in love to be his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. For he has made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, beloved, in him according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will. We, who first hoped in Christ, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. That's you and I, dear ones. That's you and I. Circumstances do not determine uh, our living for Christ. They may determine in some ways what we do and how we live for Christ, but it's always the same, to live for the praise of his glory. <clears throat> and his glory is the full fullness of his, the sum of his attributes. All that God is should be reflected in us as God would be looking, someone would be looking at us and they see as in a mirror, they see God. <clears throat> Paul writes, in him you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him. Now, this is a perfect, perfect, perfect message for um, for Epiphany. And we're actually in the octave of Epiphany right now. It's a perfect message because the gospel was brought first to the Jew and then to be spread through enormous persecution to the whole world. So in him you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, the possession of our inheritance, that's heaven. Paul writes, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, 
having the eyes of your hearts, the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power in us who believe according to the working of his great might, which he accomplished in Christ when he raised him from the dead and made him sit at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. We live, beloved, in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That is one sentence when Paul begins, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith until the fullness of him. That is one sentence. People accuse me sometime of run-on sentences. That's the longest sentence ever. Paul says, and you he made alive when you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among these we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of body and mind, and so we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us, in Christ Jesus, for grace, by grace, this is a magnificent um, uh, three verses right here, Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, faith is the gift of God, beloved, can never be proud of it, I believe, he has a strong faith, I have a weak faith, doesn't matter, strong or weak. Faith is a gift from God. And he raised us up, so by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and made us sit. Oh, I, I left that verse. I have, to, I have to go back again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. There is no one who could save himself. If we did a billion good works, more than all the people who ever lived combined, it wouldn't save us. Apart from God, we can do nothing. God saves us by working, Galatians chapter 5, working um, through love. It's always grace is is. Uh, Are works necessary? They are, beloved. When I was looking into the Catholic Church, I went through the Bible from Genesis right to the end of uh, 1 and 2 Maccabees or Malachi, depending on the Bible I had. And I concluded this, that we are, uh, works will not save us. Works are the fruit of faith, but they are the necessary fruit of faith. We'll continue when we come back, beloved. We'll take your calls at the half hour break. Toll free, one 511 
888-528-2483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McClain, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Our Lord has promised us, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. Why did he say two or three? Because when others show up, we are then able to give ourselves away in love. And that bond of active love between human beings manifests Jesus' presence. This is the basis of a culture of life. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm always happy, happy to be with you. Um, We have been reading from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which he wrote while he was in chains, house arrest, to the Jews in Ephesus, who were the first Christians, the early Christians, most all Jews, and He's telling them in chains that we were the, we, they were destined in him before the foundation of the world and he made them in love. And so they need to walk worthy according to the God who is rich in mercy. And he says this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 10. In my 18 evangelical Protestant years, this was a favorite passage for us to go to, to convert Catholics. Yes, 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 you heard that right. I spent 18 years trying to save Catholics and finally found out they were right. But many don't know their faith, which is tragic. 
And Paul says, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not because of worse works lest any man should boast. So we would say, um, uh, if you died tonight and you stood before God and he said, why should I let you in to my heaven? And you said, <clears throat> I, because I've done everything I could, I did a lot of good things, I fed the poor, I, 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 I. Um, we would say, well, that's obviously you don't understand the, the, the gospel because it's not by anything we do. It's by what God has done. Works do not save you. And so they would get a little nervous and we would give them the Protestant uh, presentation, which is to ask Jesus into your heart. So now if we came across and of course, those words are in scripture to, to ask Jesus into your heart. But if we came across a house <clears throat> that said, I'm, I would tell Jesus, I asked him into my heart, so I'm saved. Well, what's the difference? Asking, I asked him into your heart. It's still what I did. It's still what I did. It's not what God did. It's what I did. And then he responded. So I, I didn't make sense. And it, it did to me then, but it, it, it doesn't. We're saved uh, by faith. It's not of your own doing. This is Catholic teaching. It's the gift of God. It's not because of works, lest any man should boast. And the verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The good works don't save us. But without works, faith is dead, says James. <clears throat> and coming into the Catholic Church, I need, I need simple um, explanations, simple scenarios. So if I come across a, maybe a theological point that's, that's just confusing for me, or I, I really try to understand it, no matter how simple the words are, I did that with this, and I pictured... A uh, young man in high school, his last year of high school, he wants to go to a very, very expensive college, 50000 a year, 100000 a year. I have no idea of prices. <clears throat> and he comes to his parents and says, Mom, Pop, I really want to go to this, this college. Um, is there any way you can do it? And they say to him, we will do it. Um, but there are conditions. You must... Um, honor your mother and father. Uh, don't steal anything. Make sure it's yours or you earn it. <clears throat> uh, don't beat up your baby sister. Uh, keep your room clean. Uh, be home at midnight, by midnight, and uh, keep a B-plus average. Now, the parents know that he's capable of a B-plus average. He, if he sloughs off, he might get a C-plus or a B, but he's capable of a B-plus. If they require an A of him, they may be pushing him beyond what he's really capable of. The parents know the child, and they, they give him a standard that he can live up to. So he must maintain a B-plus average, keep his room clean, and take the garbage out on Saturday. Okay. <clears throat> Those are the requirements. And they, they say, we'll do it. And he says, oh, this is wonderful. Absolutely. They gave him only what is doable and only what he should be doing without college, with anything. Those are the right instructions for a child. So at the end of his senior year, 
His father has taken a second job to, to get enough money for his college. Um, and um, he comes to them and says, okay, um, uh, this is it. Can we register for college? And they say, no, son. No, because you have failed the conditions. What do you mean I failed? You failed the conditions. We asked you to be home by midnight, to keep your room clean, take the garbage out, honor your mother and father. You have not done that. You have fought with us. You have disobeyed with us. You have not honored us. You have not been good with your baby sister, uh, and your grades are poor. Mom, Dad, come on, we agreed. We agreed based on those conditions. Now, here's the $64,000 question. If that boy obeyed his parents completely, would he have earned $50,000? I hope no one out there says yes, because you don't earn a penny by being who you should be, by doing what you should do, by honoring your father and mother, by living the Ten Commandments. You don't earn a penny by that. That is what you should do. The conditions his parents gave him, he couldn't earn the fifty or $100,000 for, for, for college. He could only attain to it by obeying the conditions that his parents gave him, which were only conditions for every child, no matter what. You see? He didn't earn it by his works. He couldn't earn it by his works. But without his works, he forfeited the gift. He forfeited it. Um, And so uh, God calls us to obedience. Romans chapter 2, the obedience of faith. He calls us to obedience. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, again, it would have been a complete gift. His his fulfillment of those works wouldn't have helped him... uh, gain $50,000. It would have, he would, it, it, the $50,000 is a gift, a complete gift. So is salvation a gift or is it of works? It's really both. Uh, again, uh, works are the fruit of faith, but they are the necessary fruit of faith. We can't earn salvation by our works. Jesus did that on the cross. We could do nothing to add to that. It is finished. It was complete, but we now need to live according to uh, the commandments. Uh, Honor your mother and father. Don't steal. uh, Don't this. Don't that. uh, Love the Lord your God. Uh, We need to do all that. Do we earn heaven if we keep those? No. No, but we forfeit heaven if we don't keep them. And so that's the message of Christianity, beloved. We are his work Christ's work, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beho- beforehand that we should walk in them. We don't earn salvation by walking in them, but they are necessary works, and we forfeit salvation without them. Excuse me. Okay. Paul continues in Ephesians, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by the f- in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ because Christ came first to the Jews. First, the gospel is given first to the Jews. He came through the Jews for the Jews. And then beginning with the revelation at Epiphany to the whole world the revelation of Christ to the entire world, the manifestation 
of Christ to the whole world. So Paul says, remember, you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ, not by your good works, beloved, not without them, but not by them. You have brought near been brought near in the blood of Christ, the only blood that has that can satisfy God for our sin. <clears throat> for he is our peace, who has made us both one, Jew and Gentile, and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances. He abolished them in his flesh. When our Lord died on the cross, he fulfilled the law of Moses. He didn't fulfill the covenant with Abraham that is eternal. The covenant with Moses was um, uh, provisional, uh, a way to live out the covenant with Abraham as God's people, provisional based on their obedience. God said, if you obey, I bless you. If you disobey, I curse you. They disobeyed. And Christ was the final, final sacrificial lamb, the only sacrifice that God has accepted for the sins of his people to fulfill, not abolish, to fulfill the Mosaic law. That he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, Jew and Gentile. The middle wall of partition is broken down and they are one. And, And he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built into it for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That is such a mouthful. Paul puts so much into every thought and every sentence. It would take a whole week uh, for every sentence, but it's so, so magnificent. And then he says this, which I truly, truly love. He says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, because he wrote this while he was a prisoner, house arrest in chains, a prisoner, he is the apostle to the Gentiles, he's Jewish, but he became an apostle to the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner, a literal prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, how the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. 
This is so rich, beloved. It's, it's breathtaking. It was breathtaking in the first century. Um, there's the music for our break, beloved, and we're going to take your calls, your texts, your emails when we come back. Our lines are wide open. Feel free to call with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-5483. Every once in a while, I forget that, but we'll be right back. <laughs> the future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and we are going to take your calls and your emails. Um, there was a question on, um, I haven't been up on all the news today, but um, the headline um, on the Fox News channel is uh, Trump recommits to transfer of power as Congress certifies Biden's win hours after the Capitol was stormed. Um, when we went to bed last night, um, we knew that the Capitol was stormed by patriots, and uh, Trump gave them a speech and eventually, I think, asked them to go home. Um, and there was tremendous, tremendous chaos um, because this election was diabolic, demonic, and stolen. And they know that. Everybody knows that. 
Um, and so um, I'm reading a subtitle here. House members say the Senate is backed out of the Electoral College objections and violent protests. Since this election, right from the beginning, um, there is so much evidence that President Trump uh, has won. There's so much evidence. But no matter how much evidence, uh, the courts wouldn't even look at it. It was rejected. um, And the Democrats um, continued to plot away. There's just... I'd have to get a stream of news, maybe I will one day, to read it to you of all the evil that went on. Maybe someone one day in in, in newspaper politics will write an article and sum it all up. But it's it's diabolical, and uh, it looks like now um, President Biden is, President-elect Biden, is going to be President of the United States. Um, there's much I could express right now, which I'm not going to. Uh, I want to be more informed. My heart is is just aching over this. It is diabolical. It is uh, the Democrats have stolen the presidency. And um, what's ahead for us, dear ones, is um, evil, straight evil. Uh, so what do we do? We do what I've been reading this morning. It is what led me to read Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians uh, to us. And I'm almost halfway through it and will continue tomorrow. But um, because the most important part is ahead of us in the letter to the Ephesians, how we should work. Those are New Year's resolutions, how we should truly live in a world that is not only turned from God, but that is positively hostile and every form of evil is accepted. It's it, it really, I, I said, we were talking among the sisters last night that we're living in the twilight zone, complete, complete twilight zone. Um, and it's, it's, it's what God has allowed. It is what God has allowed. And uh, however evil the Democrats, uh, the, the evil plans of um, not just President Biden, but, but the... Um, either much further left uh, crowd um, in that group. Whatever their plans are, beloved, we are God's. We are his people, and we need to walk worthy. We need to live a life worthy. Um, We can resent, we can fight, uh, and we should fight. But fight as a Christian. Fight never giving up your values, never giving up the message of Christ, Never, never, never. You know, there's a story, and I think it was, I don't remember which world war it was. I was told the story, a true one, though. And it was a group of Nazis, I guess it was World War II, who came in with rifles to um, just a room full of Christians, an underground church, I think. And they said, we're going to kill you're all dead today. The only way you can live is if you leave this room and deny Christ. If you deny Christ, you leave the room. If you leave the room, you're denying Christ. All you have to do is say, I deny Christ, and you can live and have a fine life. And many of them did leave. And there were just a few left, and they said, and they pointed their rifles at, and all the, the policemen left too, all the soldiers left, except for one. 
And he continued to point his rifle at them. And he said, you have 30 seconds left for anyone more to leave. Just deny Christ. The door's open. You can leave through it and you will live. The rest of you are going to die right now. And so one other person left. And then he closed the door. He sat down and he put his rifle down and he said to those small handful of people left, I want to know what it is to be a Christian. Can you imagine? I want to know what it is to be a Christian. What is it that you would die for? And for me, beloved, the only thing worth dying for is that which is worth living for. If it's not worth dying for, why live for it? Why give up everything? Why put yourself in danger? Why deprive yourself? Why um, resist sin and everything else? If it's, if it's not to die for, it's not to live for. Um, uh, we may be approaching that point, beloved. Now is the time for us to be Christians, Catholic Christians, more than any other time in history. And we need to live our faith. We must not hide We must live our faith. I'm not saying we should go out and walk the streets and evangelize everyone, but don't hide from the gospel. We have the message that the entire world needs. Okay, beloved. Um, You may call in with your questions uh, on any topic, including this one, um, but I have not yet read all the news this morning, so I might not be able to uh, respond very well. We have a call um, from Lisa in Rochester. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Mother. My Hi, sweetheart. Is this. <clears throat> Hi, uh, I'm from Rochester, New York, and yes. there's a bill on the table in New York mm-hmm. mandating the vaccine for everyone. Yeah. So if this thing gets passed, <clears throat> we're going to have to get vaccinated. So my question is this. How do I don't know how to look at this? If this is okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you said if this law is passed, we're going to have to get vaccinated. That's not true. If this law is passed, you don't have to get. Well, you can leave or just refuse the vaccination, and I don't know what the consequences will be. I've been listening to news reports that you they're going to be some kind of a, a barcode or proof. It's like the it's the it's right out of the book of Revelation that we have been vaccinated in order to buy or sell or travel. That may be the case, but you have a choice. You could leave New York or you could simply refuse to be vaccinated and bear the consequences. Are you there, Lisa? Yeah, I am. I just figured that mandatory meant that they were going to come and get us. <laughs> well, I mean, I, they may, I, I they may sweetheart, they may force it. They may force it. There may be two policemen show up at the door and say, we've come to va- to vaccinate you and hold you down and vaccinate. I don't know. Uh, it hasn't come to that for sure. I think we can refuse it, but I know there's going to be consequences. We may not. We may be on house arrest, not able to leave our house. I've heard all of these stories. We don't know yet what it will be, but um, you can refuse it. We will refuse it. All right, that's my question, Mother. Thank you. Yeah, it's not a happy answer, Lisa, but we can't deny Christ to to. Right. Uh, to to be vaccinated, especially with vaccines from aborted baby cells, is uh, is absolutely um, 
not to be done. Uh, other vaccinations, I don't know what's in them, but I think they're all dangerous, and I think they're all meant to control us, change our DNA. Maybe this is a old wives story or new wives story. I don't know, but um, I've heard all kinds of things about the vaccinations. Um, people that have gotten deathly ill from them. Uh, vaccinations that have been uh, fooled with, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so you have that choice. You can move, all right. but uh, I don't know where you're going to move to because I expect that if it starts in New York, the whole country will be under it before long. Yeah, I was thinking that too. All right. I God know, bless sweetheart. You. Thank you. Yes, there's hope in Christ, honey. There's hope in Christ, and we have heaven forever. All right. Okay. God bless. God bless, sweetheart. Um, Richard from Texas. Hello, Richard. Uh, good morning, Mother Miriam. Uh, thank you, and good God morning. bless you for your courage in keeping and teaching the true faith. Um, oh, thanks, I'm Richard. Calling, I'm very, very disappointed in you know, of what course. happened. Um, of course. Know, and again, our, our leaders, um, you know, they, they had every legal right to not certify, and yet That's they right. caved. That's uh, right. Like, oh, how can we? Tr- I mean, we don't trust the the dark side, and now how can we trust the people that we thought were you know going to do the apparently right thing? We, um, apparently, we can't. Apparently, we can't. I don't understand it. President Trump said that Vice President Pence lacked the courage to do what would save this country. I don't know if Vice President Pence, who I think is a good man. Um, uh, just thought it was the moral choice to make. He made a statement that no vice president in the past has done that, and he was wrong. Vice presidents in the past have done that for the sake of the salvation of the country, but I have no idea why he did that. And, and if I would say, I think, I mean, I'm not a simple person, lay person, but, you know, I've been following this and been very prayerful about it, you know, for years, the, the mm-hmm. politics on the dark side. And um, in my um, opinion, you know, as a layperson, this is going to usher in the new world order system of the Antichrist like a flood. Um, That's right. I don't know how else to say it. You know, yeah, and, right. and you said something when I was listening. You said your heart is aching. That's that's how I would describe it. Um, that's it. But, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I just said that's okay, right. That's years it. Years ago, years ago, I, you know, I would say that the Lord planted a, a, a seed of truth in me that I heard someone say, um, and it says, all lies within the plans of divine providence. And so that's some consolation that, you know, we know God is in control, and in some mysterious way, it's all going to work into his plans, similar to the, you know, passion and crucifixion of Jesus, which that's turns right. out to be, obviously, within the plans of divine providence. Yeah. You're um, right. Richard, that's, that's com- a wonderful... Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. I, I have a question, uh, um, Mother. And regarding the vaccines, at this point, it seems it's not, you know, where, in other words, this is the mark of the beast and you've got to take it. Um, if we take it either by, you know, force or, or choice, like it's ma- mandated, with the prayer that we pray before meals, bless us, O Lord, and these, like, gifts which we're about to receive from thy bonds to the Christ, O Lord, would that protect us from any, you know, negative or adverse effects of the vaccine maybe that's my question i don't believe so richard i don't believe so um no i don't believe so um you know if if it's it's forced uh, again we refuse it and we accept whatever consequences there are yeah or we take it 
and um, will still have enormous consequences if we take that vaccine. So um, either way, evil is encroaching on us. And that prayer, I don't think, the prayer before meals will will um, render that uh, ineffective, that vaccine. Yeah. Um, but we do pray against evil. Father Chad Ripiger has a wonderful site um, with... Um, uh, Auxilium Christiorum, I think, with prayers against the devil and all of that. Um, but I, I don't know what defense we have against the vaccine except to not take it. And on a on a physical basis, um, I have I have uh, recently learned that I'll just tell this to everybody. Vitamin D, D as in David, um, is the most effective. Um, counter against uh, COVID. Uh, it's not strictly a vitamin, it's a hormone. I'm taking 5,000 units a day, and, and you can do that. It's, it's safe. But I would say everybody out there take a, a multivitamin and then a good amount of vitamin D every single day. And um, that will uh, come against the vaccine more than uh, the COVID, more than I think any vaccine will. And you have to take two shots, not just one. So um, let's live our faith, beloved, and don't don't cower, don't let anything get in the way. If we live our faith, um, some people that would come to destroy us will be converted by it. And that's what, that's worth everything. Okay, God bless you, beloved. We'll be right back after the break. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. time of affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are, what can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred heart of Jesus, we place our trust in thee. Amen.
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Um, I am just so grateful that we have the opportunity to be together still, that we have that freedom. Um, I spent uh, some time in Far East Russia where they didn't have that freedom. Um, I'm, I'm still grateful for that. I'm telling you, just as this program began, I, I started looking at the news and um, realized that Biden has been... Uh, Confirmed in the electoral votes as president. Um, apparently, Trump is uh, going to make the transition. And um, the article on LifeSite News yesterday showed um, the tremendous um, protests, uh, mobs uh, contesting this going into the White House. And police came, and I think one woman was shot, and um, just awful. and. Um, President-elect Biden asked President Trump to do something about it. Apparently, President Trump uh, got on Twitter to ask everybody to go home. Um, And they evacuated all the the Senate, the people, so the votes couldn't be counted. I think they started being counted again at 8 o'clock last night as a result of... um, President Trump's helpful message on Twitter. Twitter closed him out for 12 hours. It's just, it's just insane. It is insane. But I tell you, I am, um, I'm so sick to my stomach about this, I could cry. Um, but Jesus, just as Lisa and Richard have called in, God permits evil and brings about good from it. Um, just like we pray at the Easter Vigil, um, oh, necessary fault, um, Adam's sin, necessary fault. Uh, now I'm, the words are escaping me that brought forth such a great redeemer. Necessary in order that the redeemer would come. It's not easy for us finite souls and finite minds to understand that. But, um, but we bless God for... Um, we bless God for bringing his son. And we know that whatever happens, um, all the evil that is set loose in the world and insanely in the church, uh, the political leaders have abandoned us. Republican leaders have abandoned the Republican Party. Um, many, many of our shepherds have abandoned us. Uh, Catholics, it, it is an incredibly... Um, awful, if not confusing time. What is certain, dear ones, what is certain um, is that uh, Christ is God. He did die for our sins. He did raise us from the dead and will give life to all who come to him. Still, still, beloved, if you come to Christ and ask him for forgiveness and to receive you um, as his spiritual child that you might be in heaven he will do that he will do that beloved um you need to repent and confess your sins and turn to christ and go see a priest 
and enter the Catholic Church or come back home. Um, God, Jesus, is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, this is not, what's happening is not, um, uh, let me say, such new news, so to speak. It's news because it's happening, but it's been prophesied all this time. Read the book of Revelation. Um, uh, read Matthew uh, chapter 24, 25, read all of that, and you'll see it's been written. Our Lady has prophesied it. Many others have prophesied it, but we just didn't expect it to happen in our day. Well, it is. Well, it is. And just like in the first century, where the first Jews who believed were persecuted by the Jews who did not believe and put to death, uh, every one of them, every one of the disciples was martyred except for the Apostle John who died in exile on the Isle of Patmos. Um, We should not expect differently, beloved. The shock is that we're living in this time that we only have read about before. And we now is the time for us to stand up to everyone and everything and live our faith as if it is true. If it's true, then we should be able to not deny Christ, even though a rifle were pointed at us. My friend Kurt from Massachusetts. Hello, dear one. How are you, Mother Miriam? Oh, I'm fine. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm keeping on plugging, trying to keep the anxiety at bay and... Yeah. saying many rosaries and yeah. doing everything I possibly can. I'm um, sure of that one. Mm-hmm. And with that all said, you know, they they talk about, you know, faith and works testifies to your faith. I, I was listening to your whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about when Christ said, the peace I give you, the world can't give. That's right. And I, be- and I believe, here's my, here's my answer or question to it all. The peace that Christ gives is that if you accept the gift and do what I say, your body and soul will be at peace because they won't be warring against each other. That's and right. The only way you can, and the only way you can do that is you have to follow the instruction of the church. Now, the church has been watered down, so the, so the discipline has been vague, and I believe that's the smoke of Satan. Okay, let me just interrupt you, Kurt. I know oh. you meant... Uh, not that the church has been watered down, but the the practice that yes. God has given us has been watered down because the church can never be watered down. But so I just oh, wanted no, to make right. I know what you mean. I just wanted to make it clear for everyone else. Right, because I because I always said Satan can never get rid of the no word way. of God. No but way. What he can mm-hmm. do is through our fallen nature and that of the and that of the clergy, he can he can smoke it, so to speak. He can get rid yeah. of some discipline, which takes yeah. away the faith. But my, my third point is, with all this saying, and everyone's worried about vaccines, and don't get the shot and everything else, I can honestly say, Russia has not been consecrated. The Pope is supposed to do it, and he's supposed to do it late. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that is our shining star. So I, I believe if we ask for this consecration, beg for this consecration. It's going to be done. I hope well, it will be done. Uh, we in, all pray that, Kurt, uh, but it may not. Uh, at this late hour, I don't know that it will solve anything because she's already spread her evil throughout the world. 
No, true. I, I agree with you there, but my point is, it did say the Pope will do it, he'll do it late, and there will be an era of peace. Now, it's, it's ironic. I, I hate to dovetail the physical world with the spiritual, but our, our Lord was crucified, died, and was buried and rose again in three. Isn't it ironic? Maybe in three years, you know, this is the period where you'll see the suffering of the church, the death, the underground of the church, and then it will be resurrected. And I believe Fatima has a lot to do with this. I and do I too. believe, like that story I heard you say about the gunman coming in, there was, yep. a, there was another part of that story I heard, and it was basically this. When everyone who had weak faith ran, ran out, the gunman said, good, at least we got rid of all the people who have no faith. Uh-huh, or who are proclaiming faith and they don't believe it. If they're right. they're, and they're and Christians in name only, uh-huh. Exactly, and I believe this is separating the men from the boys and the girls from the women. It's separating the wheat from the chafe. Yeah. And the physical side of all of this is to look at the physical world and think it's going to help redeem us spiritually. It's the other way around. That's you right. You have to cling to the faith. Yeah. Oh, God bless you, my brother. You're right, right on, as always. And uh, we'll pray for each other, everybody out there. Pray for everybody, and we pray for you. And um, keep the faith. That was the word that went around in the first century persecution. Keep the faith. Don't waver. Your courage may save someone, um, and they'll meet you in heaven and let you know that your, uh, your refusal to abandon the faith is what saved them. We can pray that. God bless you, everyone, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.